and we celebrate all that they mean to us. Good morning. Can you hear me? Good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. We are going to watch a video to begin our service, and uh, it should have for you. Uh, we're going to watch a video together as we celebrate our mothers today. stand and sing with us if you're here in the building if you're joining us online thanks so much for joining us we're excited about worshiping together on this mother's day
guys can go ahead and be seated if you're here in the room with us. If you're online with us, thanks so much for joining us. It's a great promise to sing about this morning. Your love never fails. We're excited to be celebrating this Mother's Day together. It is uh, beautiful and warm outside. It is beautiful and warm inside. If, if you're joining us online, you have better AC than we have in that you have AC. Uh, but we're working on it. We got fans going, uh, and we're here together, uh, joined as a body of believers and, and people striving uh, to learn more about Jesus and to be more like Jesus. So I'm uh, excited uh, if you're joining us here or if you're joining us um, online. There are opportunities uh, for you to continue to participate with us, whether you're comfortable being here in person or whether you're still more comfortable doing so online. They're giving options, baskets, um, at the exits, uh, if you're here in person, there's also opportunities uh, to text to give. You can do giving through uh, our website, murrayhill.church, uh, and you can also mail in checks to 4300 Post Street as we continue uh, through this process of trying to get a little uh, more comfortable and figuring out what reopening uh, looks like. We definitely want to make sure that we're still reaching out, uh, ministering to our community, and having an opportunity uh, to share the love of Christ with Him. So thanks so much uh, for those of you who have continued 
um, to be faithful in your giving and to participate uh, in what God is doing here uh, in this uh, group of believers and also in this community. Um, you know, we were, we were just singing uh, about, you know, your, your love never fails, and, and you stay the same through the ages. Uh, on Friday, uh, I had an opportunity to, uh, to go with Aaron and, and to the kids to uh, Disney World. Uh, and we went to uh, the Magic Kingdom, and one of our, like, must-do rides um, is the Carousel of Progress. So I don't know if you've ever done uh, the Carousel of Progress, but uh, it's a, a little show, and it, it starts out, and it's like the turn of the century, and it's this narrator, and he tells about uh, all the things that are these new inventions uh, at the turn of the century. And then it jumps... Uh, to like the the 20s, and then it jumps uh, to the 40s, and then it jumps like to what I guess would be modern at the time, maybe the 80s uh, or something like that. Um, but but you look through like the last 100, uh, 120 years, and you see all the changes that have happened where he's, you know, the narrator is like super excited about an ice box. You know, and now, like, I'm frustrated if my ice maker is not keeping up with the pace at which I want ice for my lemonades. Um, and, and we sing that song, and we, we talk about through the ages, and, and that kingdoms fall, but that the kingdom of God stays the same. And, and it has been, and it is, and it will continue to be. And, and I and you... Those of us joining online, everybody has the opportunity to participate in that kingdom. Whether, whether it's sitting next to somebody beside you in this building, whether, whether it's watching with us on, on Sunday mornings or, or catching up on YouTube or on, on Facebook later in the week, whether you're in a completely different country, we all worship the same God. We all have the opportunity through the sacrifice of Christ to be a part of this family, to be a part of this, this kingdom. And the requirement is that we give up ourselves and put him first. Make him number one. And, and so the, the next song that we're going to sing talks about our ability to, to, to get rid of our shame. And I, I read something this week about you can probably stop and listen at most any point in your week and you can hear the enemy lying to you. Telling you you're not enough. Reminding you of, of your shortcomings. You're, you're not worthy to be loved. Do you, do you know what Jesus went through? That, that was for good people, not for you. And, and even on, on this Mother's Day, how easy it's going to be, I promise, if you open up social media to see this projected lifestyle of what, what Hallmark and, and what social media says the, the perfect Mother's Day is supposed to be like. And it's going to be so easy to hear that voice say, see, you're not a good enough mom. See, you're not a good enough child. But what we're about to sing, I, I want to be a reminder to you if, if you experience that and if you don't, just utilize it as an opportunity to pray for those of us that do. You are enough. God made each one of us unique. And Jesus died for that unique person. And so as we stand and continue to sing, remember that you are enough. Don't listen to the lies. Listen to what God has done for you. Let's stand and sing.
tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is
thank you that there is no other name that compares to the name of Jesus. We thank you that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And Father, we've chosen to make that declaration now. We thank you for the privilege to be your children, to run this race of life following you. And Father, I just pray that this time would be everything you want it to be, that Jesus would be uplifted and glorified, that you would be praised, that we would encounter you in a powerful way, and this morning would be transformational for us. We love you, Lord. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. So, happy Mother's Day to you, all you moms. Happy Mother's Day to my mom, who is watching from Texas. I'm sorry for breaking your favorite vase when I was in sixth grade. I'm sorry for tearing the car off your door when I was in high school when I had a wreck. Well, I could go on. Thanks for putting up with me. Um, and I'm sure that if we took turns, we could pass the microphone around and tell all kinds of stories of things that our moms need to forgive us for doing. Um, I won't, we won't do that, um, but uh, happy Mother's Day to all you moms that have put up with so much. 
So to tell you, um, t- today's title is a, li- a bit misleading, as it is every year. Um, I have a biblical story that has a mom in it. And we're not really learning a spiritual lesson from the mom. We're learning a sp- spiritual lesson from Jesus, which is really better anyway. But, you know, all over the world and all over the country today, people are going to be sermons about moms and how moms should do this and moms should be that and how we should celebrate moms. And, and we know all that. So I'm, I'm going a little different direction, as I always do. So we're going to talk about a mom who just lost her son. So a little, little background of the story here. Jesus had just finished what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, he was walking away from that. And someone came to him, a, 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 a servant of a centurion was sick, and asked Jesus to come heal the servant. So Jesus was on his way to heal the servant. And um, before he got there, the centurion said, hey, don't come into the house. I know that would uh, be a bad thing for you as far as being clean, clean and all of that. So if you could just heal from, from the distance, which he did, this incredibly miraculous thing. And so Jesus was doing all of this incredible teaching, these incredible miracles. So he had a big crowd following him. And so he was going down the road to the next community, which was called Nain. And it was there as he was, and his entourage was headed towards Nain, um, another group was coming out of the community through the city gates. And they were carrying a dead body. And so these two groups meet, and there's an incredible interaction of what takes place um, between Jesus, uh, the the mom who lost her son, uh, and then, of course, the dead body. So Luke chapter 6, verses 11 through 17. If you're in the room, it's on page 1034. And I had just figured out that my shirt's not going to be dry when this is done. Because it's warm in here. It's really warm up here. All right, so Luke chapter 6, verses 11 through 17. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Then he went up, and he touched the bier they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. All right, so there's a lot here, but a couple of things I want to camp out on today. And the first one is this, is that for Jesus, people were always the priority. People were the priority. And I think we need to understand in our own journey as we follow Christ and we model our lives after him, that people need to be the priority for us as well. Look at verse 13. It says, when the Lord saw her, now he saw this widow lady whose son has just died. When he, the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. Now, that's not a good translation of the Greek. What the Greek says is going to be very unusual to us. It says that Jesus was moved down to his bowels. That's the literal translation. I know that sounds weird to us. But basically what they were saying was, is down to the very core of his being, Jesus was moved by this woman's situation. You see, her situation was a tough one because her husband had died, so she was a widow. And so her only hope of being cared for was by her son. You see, the way the society was set up, and not saying it was right, it just was, that a woman whose husband died, the only way that she could make it and survive without being on community welfare, as it were, and the community taking care of her, was if her oldest son would care for her. And so now her oldest son, her her one way of of having a life that was somewhat normal in that day and time had just died. She'd lost everything. Now it's, I know that it's bad enough. How many times have I been in part of a, a funeral service that a child dies before their parent? That's just, that's the worst. But now for this woman, in addition to that, 
she has a whole life turned upside down because of the way the culture was, unless someone married her, which was very unlikely because she was a widow. So she lost everything. And so Jesus walks up and he looks at the woman and he sees her plight and he sees her situation and he comes to her and says, don't cry. Because he was moved to the very core of his being over her situation. One of the things that our culture has taught us to do in a negative way is to put people secondary. We've decided for some reason that our ideas, our politics, our thinking is more important than people. And we've made that very clear, and our society has declared that and and made it the reality of what it's supposed to be. And too many of us as followers of Jesus have made that our reality. The truth is we can't do that. As followers of Jesus, people have to be first. People have to be held in high esteem. John wrote over and over again that we have to love. True followers of Jesus will love. They can't help it. And love means putting someone else's needs above your own. And Jesus models for us here as he modeled through his whole life in the very coming to die for us that people are the priority. And so when I go through life, I I admire when I hear about teachers who put pupils above testing I admire corporations who put their employees above their profits. I admire politicians, though I don't see them very often, who put the betterment of everybody above their own power. Because that's what as followers of Jesus we're called to be. That's who we're supposed to be. I'm reminded of the story Jesus told about the Good Samaritan. You know, the man was on the road between Jerusalem and Jericho and was beaten and left for dead. And a priest comes by and sees him bloodied and on the side of the road and dying and decides to walk on the other side of the road. A Levite does the same thing. And finally, a a Samaritan, an an outcast in society, cares for the man. But what I want us to see is as the priest and the Levite, they come by. The, The priest is the one who teaches about God. The priest is the one who interacts on people's behalf to God. The priest is the one who is closest to God. But because he sees this man, and he sees the blood that is there, he realizes if I touch this man, I will become unclean. And if I become unclean, then I can't lead worship. My job's more important than this man's life. The Levite, the one who prepares the temple and keeps it clean and keeps it ready for worship, he comes by too and does the same thing. And so I'm too important. I can't help this man because I would become unclean. And, and so we, we realize that all of a sudden these two guys who were supposed to have it all together, who were supposed to be exactly what God wanted them to be, said, no, I can't help because what I do matters too much. Part of the point of that story for Jesus was, listen, when your theology is more important than people, your theology is incomplete. When your ideas are more important than people, your ideas are incomplete. When your feelings are more important than people, your, your feelings are out of whack. And Jesus modeled over and over again how people are the priority, yet somehow our culture has led us down this crazy road that teaches us that what I think matters way more than others. You know, we've said it dozens of times. Our call is to love God and love people. If we can't do those two things, if we're not doing those two things, we're we're missing the mark. We're missing the mark. You look at the stories in the, in the scripture of the moms and you, you see just incredible things of Moses' mom risking everything, her life and everything to save her son. You go through and you, you see James and John's mom, <laughs> the sons of thunder they called her because of who she was. She approaches Jesus and, and says, hey, I want my boys to be number two and number three in your kingdom. Make it happen. And I can just see Jesus with a smirk on his face 
and because it was his aunt, after all, saying, Aunt, I can't give that away. That's not mine to give. That's decided by, by the Father. But I think about her story, and it was like, you know what? I'm going to risk everything to go and fight for my boys. Because we kind of see that in moms. I know not everybody's experience with their mother is that way, but, but we see moms so many times who they love their spouses, but doggone it, if you mess with their children, watch out. But you see, it's that kind of love, that agape love, that Jesus calls us to have for everyone, that he modeled for us, that he showed us so clearly. And it's here in this story at the gates of Nain that he modeled it again. He was moved to his very core for this woman's plight. And so just as a side note, when was the last time you hurt for somebody because of what they lost? When was the last time you were cut to the core because of something someone gave up for someone else? When was the last time that you hurt for someone, as Jesus did for this mother? See, I think if we, we began to, to watch the news or to read the news online or, and begin to keep up with current events and we begin to see it the way Jesus sees it and we start thinking about all the people who are suffering, all the people who are hurting, all the people who have lost, it breaks our hearts, or at least it should. That's what Jesus modeled for us. But there's a second part of this that is incredibly powerful that we're missing, that we don't talk about very often. And I think my page turned twice. All right, verse 14. Then he went up and touched the bier they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. I think it is vitally important for us to remember that God can. Amen. That he can do the impossible. Amen. I was counting not too long ago and I realized that I'd participated somewhere between six and 700 funeral services throughout my journey. And not once did a dead person sit up and talk. If they had, we probably would have had more funeral services not long after that. Right? Dead men don't sit up and talk. Jesus looked at the woman and said, don't cry. He went and touched the young man and said, young man, get up. And he did. Now, I have to tell you, I wasted a lot of mental energy this week on a lot of questions that came to my mind. On um, things like, what were the guys that were holding the body thinking when Jesus walked up? And why is he talking to a dead person? And why is he telling his mom not to cry? That's ridiculous. And then the guy set up and talked, and I just really camped out a long time at, what the heck did he say? He sat up and started talking. Did he say, hey, everybody, I'm back. Oh, what, what did he say? What, what, a, what a crazy moment that would have been that the dead man sat up and talked. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. So he, here's what I want you to hear me say in this. Is that God has the capacity to do the impossible. Amen. He has the capacity to heal bodies that are broken. He has the capacity to heal us emotionally and spiritually. He has the capacity to, to make hurt people well. 
And I think too many times we, we forget the reality of how big our God is and how powerful he is. I don't hear me say what I'm not saying. I, I know there are times he does not heal, which we'll talk more about here in a minute. But, but the truth is to understand the reality that he can is something we need to regrasp because he can. How many times have I had students say, well, I just, I just can't believe in miracles. Why would you? And I said, you know, I just have stories where Jesus showed up and things happened that shouldn't have happened. I remember in 2002 when we were talking to the pastor search team here, our son had a cyst on his brain. And I remember sitting in the doctor's office and he was talking about how he was going to cut my son's head open. And, and we talked to the team here and said, listen, we can't make any decisions until this is rectified. And so people here were praying, people all over the state of Texas were praying, people all over the country were praying. And I'll never forget the phone call when the doctor said to me, I don't know how to explain this, but the cyst is gone. It's like, wow, I know what happened. See, that's weird for me because I'm a very logical thinking person and, and I, I like it when the science adds up and it, all the equations make sense. There's no, this was the third ranked pediatric um, brain surgeon in the country. And he said to me, I don't know under what, what happened. I've never seen this before. I remember one time a young lady here in our church was pregnant and expecting a child and had just been told that the child wasn't going to make it. She asked the elders to pray over her. The next week, she goes back to the doctor after the elders had prayed. The doctor said, I don't know what happened. This baby's healthy now. Now it's a toddler. I remember when I was a minister of music. I know that's shocking, Joel. I know uh, when I was a minister of music in a little town in Martindale, Texas, and I was a college student, and after service one day, uh, a lady who had a, a, a cancerous tumor came to me after the service and said, listen, I believe James 5 to be true. If someone is sick, they call the elders to pray over them, and God will heal them, and I want you to be one of those who prays over me. And I was like, I mean, I was raised Baptist. I've heard of this stuff, but I've never participated in it, right? I mean, I believed that God could, but didn't really ever practice it. So, I, okay. So we go down into the basement of the church, and she's anointed and prayed over. Go to the hospital the next day. They open her up, and they close her back because there's no tumor to be found. I was 21. I was like, holy cow. Who is this God we serve? I think it's essential for us to remember that our God can. He can heal. He can heal relationships. He can heal physically. He can heal emotionally and spiritually. He can heal. And I think sometimes we would say, well, I prayed for that. I mean, I've been praying for my brother-in-law for a decade, and he still has cancer. I don't understand that. And, and people ask, why not heal this one? And I think one of the clues is this. If you keep reading in the story, if I find my page again. Verse 16 says this. They were all filled with awe and praised God. Here's what I know. In the times that God does heal, it's going to be times that he's going to be glorified from it. Now, are there times that he would heal someone and he doesn't and it would have glorified him? Of course. But here's what I know. When he does heal, he needs to be celebrated for what he's done. So today, on Mother's Day, I want to ask you, what is it God needs to heal in your life? Is it something physical? Something emotional? Something relational? What's going on 
doctors can't figure out, counselors can't fix. What is it? And I just want to remind you today, God can. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Because he can. Maybe there's someone in your life who, and they're just not getting well, you don't know what to do. Ask. Ask. And just as a side note, the elders are available to pray over you as well. Just like James 5 promises. Because God still does. He still does. Don't be afraid to ask. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I know that there are people in the room who need healing of some, some sort. And I know that you're a God who does that which is beyond explanation. And truthfully, I didn't even believe it myself till I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And there's no denying that you can. And so Lord, I pray if there's anyone here, anyone watching that needs, needs a miracle from you, They'll be willing to ask. I pray that you intervene. And Father, we'll celebrate you and your greatness. Lord, I thank you that we can come to you. I thank you that we can trust you. And I thank you that you called us to be whole. And Lord, we know that even when healing doesn't come, we know that ultimately as your followers, we get to celebrate that perfect healing in the new heaven and the new earth. Now, Father, I pray that your spirit would move freely in this place, that you would open our hearts and our minds to you. And this day would be a day of transformation for anyone who needs you. And it's in that wonderful and precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. This morning, if you're here or you're watching, I want you to know that God sent Jesus to provide spiritual healing for you. I've talked to so many people who, who've said, you know what, I, I can't be right with God. I've got too many bad things in my past. No, you really don't. You really don't. You see, what God really wants is for you to be right with him. And he provided the means through Jesus. He provided the way. And what we have to do is throw ourselves on his mercy and say, I can't get there on my own. I need your help. And he is so gracious and merciful to say yes. You've been forgiven, and you have a new start. What he asks in return is that he becomes the center of our world. He becomes the center of everything about us. And if you're here today and you know you need to make that decision, we want to invite you to make it. In just a minute as we sing, if you're in the room, come to the Welcome Center. Let's talk about faith and what it means. Or maybe you just have questions about faith. Come ask promise you will not be judged in a negative way. Same thing online if you're watching. Text us, email us. We have folks ready to respond to you. But if Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to be mine today, respond. Experience the greatest love you'll ever experience in your life. Maybe you're here today and you need God to intervene. 
please know that it can. I'd be honored to pray with you. We can set up a time for the elders to pray over you. Send your requests to us if you're online. But know that our God is able. He is able. And sometimes I think he's just waiting for us to ask. So I want to invite you to respond today as you feel led as we stand and worship together. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again next week, hopefully in a nice, cool, climate-controlled sanctuary. Have a wonderful week.